of Stadium Cast, where we take you inside the competitive world of Pokemon Go. My name is AJ, and with me today is John, a.k.a. JR Honda, a.k.a. Mr. Business, and no joke nicknames today because we have a very serious announcement. Last Friday, a very small thunderstorm passed through the city of Atlanta. Some might even call it a light rain shower. And although the vast majority of people were unaffected, our director of propaganda, Rambling Rabbit, a.k.a. Cody Miles, was swept out of his trailer during our Go Team Up stream. His cardboard internet router has not yet been found. I just ask that you please send your thoughts, prayers, and just your positive vibes his way. That concludes this PSA. So, John, how was your home fest? How dare you talk about Go Fest? Cody could have died. <laughs> he might not ever have internet again. Well, could we really call it internet if a small thunderstorm is uh, taking it out at a critical <laughs> moment right before the final match? Go and team up. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I saw an opportunity and I took it and no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Um no, but uh no, our my uh, home fest uh I mean go fest uh was uh pretty good. I did want to quit during the first hour because the game would not work. We loaded in, I stacked up all my incense, I stacked up my star pieces. I was ready to go. We started spinning stops, started clicking on spawns, and the game just stopped. And so, you know, I was checking Twitter to see, you know, our servers down. I texted one of our friends at Niantic and said, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know what's going on, uh, but we're trying to fix it as fast as we can. So eventually it started working again, but I was very frustrated the first about hour uh it was i want to say around 11 11 15 when we really started getting to play uh after it was fixed so but after that you know it was a, it was a great time we played in downtown birmingham rode around did a mix of riding around and then going to some local hot spots uh the birmingham botanical gardens is just insane 76 stops uh and like 30 something gyms crazy amount of spawn points so uh we would take breaks uh going through downtown and going to the hot spots uh there and at railroad park so really good time uh and then day two uh really focused in on shadow sableye and shadow machops uh was able to get some really good pvp rank uh machops uh that i'm using for great league right now and then i got the best sableye that i found was like a purified 15 15 12 um so i, I haven't maxed it out yet but 
I have plenty of extra uh, that I can purify and, you know, lucky trade with, with other trainers in the future. So, yeah, I was uh, much like you targeting those two for rocket stops, but my, my most uh, cherished pull from day two was a uh, rank 321 shadow Zapdos for great league that goes right to 1498. So I'm pretty happy about that. I don't know if you know this, but I've had some pretty bad luck with Zapdos and just the birds in general. Like a few days before the shadow rework mechanics were announced, I purified my uh, rank 81 shadow Articuno uh, because uh, I don't know why I purified it. I think I was like starting to build it towards Ultra League because it was looking like it would be useful. And then the shadow mechanics were announced. I was like, damn it. Okay, well, that's not good. And then my other two birds were just not great. I've actually had someone trade me a non-shadow Thundershock Zapdos. That was There's only a few IV combinations that it would go above 1,500, and it went above 1,500. So I'm happy about this, and I get finally get to use Zapdos. <laughs> and I've since Elite TM'd it to Thundershock. Yeah, I uh, I actually did that to mine as well. Uh, it came out at right at fourteen ninety seven, um, so I used the elite charge TM. I mean, elite fast TM to get thunder shock and double moved it. And with the thunderbolt and drill peck is what I'm running on it right now. Um, drill- oh, that makes me yeah even happier. That makes me even <sighs> oh happier. gosh. Well, I think it's a better stat product is than it? yours, though. We'll, we'll I don't do know. check that, because we'll, if it's not, that'll make me even happier. Yeah. So uh, today, we'll <laughs> go into current events. Not too much, uh, as it's been loaded in the past. Uh, today, we'll focus on Dragon Week and Go Team Up 3. Uh, we'll do a deep dive, which will be the... I uh, will warn you, that'll be the bulk of the podcast today. Uh, we'll go deep into the Season 3 updates, which I'm sure you've all been going into PB Poke and, and checking them for yourselves. And we'll cover AJ's alphabet again, and we'll finish up in the station as we usually do. All right, let's get into the stadium. Dragon Week has been unlocked, and it starts this week. What do we have to look forward to? There's quite a bit. If you didn't get the chance to get your Hundo Gibble like me, or even the Shiny Gibble, which is also like me, then uh, this is another opportunity to do that. In 7-kilometer eggs, Gibble should be available along with uh, Dino, and uh, Gibble should be a little bit more frequent to find within the wild, although they did mention is, is if you're lucky, you might find a Gibble, so I'm, I'm not holding my breath for you know, like six gibbles and you're nearby, but, you know, it could happen. And uh, Rayquaza will be in five-star raids, so that's exciting if, if people are still looking for that. And uh, just in general, it's just going to be a lot of dragons featured during that week. If uh, you guys are big fans of Shiny Dino, that will also be available. Probably a, a Tier 1 Shiny for me. Really, really cool to have the the green and the black. Uh, I really do like that that color scheme for that shiny. So, uh, and I don't have a very good Zwilus right now, so I'll definitely be looking for 
one of those. Yes, Vilas is so good in Great League, uh, especially in like a draft format, as we've seen. Uh, very, very good coverage. In open Great League for GBL, it's a little bit more difficult to build around because so many of the counters are really, really high up there in the meta. So it's hard to really use it unless you lock it in a, a hard counter or something like that. Yeah, anything that has a double weakness always kind of tends to struggle being core meta. So with its double weakness to fairy, uh, it does uh, have a tough time. So we do have a new Go Team Up 3 has been announced. Um, so sign up will open this Friday, probably when you're hearing this episode, uh, and it will close a week later. The bands for this round are Skarmory, Chrysalia, Bronzong, Ferrothorn, and Hypno. They have all been banned. Um, so no testing out that new Brave Bird Skarmory that we'll be talking about here in a little bit. It, this will be a bracket style to qualify for single elimination. So it's sort of our version of introducing pool play uh, into the Go Team Up format. Uh, and this is a typical style uh, for most competitive tournaments like this. So you have qualifying pool play, and then you're seated into a single elimination bracket based on a point system. Uh, we're not necessarily using a point system uh, like you would see in some tournaments. It's still based on wins. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out on our website at stadiumgaming.gg. We'll have all the details there, including links to sign up, uh, information on the bands, the rule sets, scoring, all of that information. Uh, and we'll also include links down in the show notes. Are you signing up? I am not signing up. No. I mean, who wants well, to be on a team a very with me? Fair point. Seriously. That's a very fair point. I mean, be real. I, Are I will. You? I will sign up again. Awesome. Awesome. Be fun. So, today was the start of Season 3, but we've got even bigger news with all of these Season 3 move updates. So... Without further ado, let's jump into our deep dive this week for the Season 3 updates. Okay, well, Season, that means season you. 3, Go. Uh, lots of new moves, and I'm really liking this pattern, by the way, of uh, doing a move rework every time there's a new season. I think it adds a refreshing uh, look at the different metas. You know, it's a, it's a different uh, league when you look at it now. Infestation, without uh, taking too long, uh, will be a finally a much better bug type fast attack. It generates energy much uh, a little bit more quickly. So it went from 3.66 energy per turn to 4, and it's effectively like a spark now. So some players that uh, use Infestation, uh, Excelgor, Beedrill, Cradley, uh, there's, there's quite a few actually that have Infestation, but... I think of all of them, I'm most, most looking forward to Drapion. Drapion right now has very hard-hitting fast moves right now. So like Ice Fang, it has Bite, it has things like that where it's not generating energy very quickly, but some of its moves are quite spammy, like Aqua Tail Crunch, right? And then it has Sludge Bomb too, it has Fell Stinger. So Drapion might see some interesting play now with a higher uh, energy generation uh, move. Another one that's interesting is Muck. 
as a poison type just for the fairy resistance can run uh, moves uh, that aren't even poison type, right? It could run Infestation, it could run, I believe it has Dark Pulse and Thunder Punch, so it could still be a decent Azu target, or Azu counter, rather, and uh, have some play against other things. If you thought Mew wasn't hard to uh, figure out what uh, what moves it's running, well, now it can run Infestation as well, if, if you're so inclined. I don't think people are going to run Infestation over Shadow Claw or even Volt Switch, but it's certainly possible now, and it would be doing super effective against Mew as well, so you don't you don't give that up. In general, I think this is a welcome move. Infestation is bug type, so not great offensively. Bug type isn't even great defensively, so any rework in favor of bug type moves, I'm all for. Hex is basically uh, the same thing as uh, Infestation, it's going to also generate energy more quickly. And there's a ton of things that have Hex, including, uh, but not limited to, Banette, Driftblim, John's favorite, uh, Chandelure, and uh, Jellicent also has been uh, data mined to find, uh, to have Hex. So unless they change it before it is launched, it will it will have Hex. Alolan Marowak, I think, is super interesting, and so is Frostlass. So uh, Alolan Marowak, actually, you know, you might consider Fire Blast for coverage if you really need that fire coverage. Since you're generating energy a little bit more quickly, you're more likely to get to it. You could still run Shadow Ball. If you're really, really gutsy, then you could run Bone Club with it as well. But uh, I expect the traditional moveset to be Fire Spin, Shadow Ball, and Bone Club. But you never know. Now uh, Hex is a little bit better. And, you know, Frostlass too has a little bit of added versatility. I don't know if you've used Frostlass much, John, in GBL, but uh, the standard moveset has been pretty much Powder Snow, Avalanche, and Shadow Ball, and very, very few people are running anything else. But now with Hex, certainly possible that, that people opt to use that instead of Powder Snow. As far as uh, Powder Snow, it also got a rework. It's an uh, Ice-type fast attack, and it now deals more damage. So it is, a uh, again, a two-turn move, and it used to be two dam damage per turn. Now it's 2.5, and it's basically a Vine Whip clone at this point. Uh, Vine Whip is a great move. You've seen it in Venusaur, uh, Meganium, you know, things like that. Uh, so, you know, something like Frostlass or now Obama Snow, being able to farm a little bit easier uh, will be huge threats, right? Alolan Ninetales tends to run Charm, but now it does a little bit more damage, right? So it's a little bit better with uh, some of those targets weak to ice. And uh, don't sleep on Alolan Sandslash. I think that's also one that uh, enjoys the rework to Powder Snow because uh, it was very make-or-break based on the baits, based on the charge moves that it was running. So Powder Snow adding a little bit more damage, I think is going to be good. And Celio too. I think of all the things here, Obama Snow is already being a force to be reckoned with within Great League. There's, uh, you know, with this new rework, uh, I think Shadow, Obama Snow, unless Toxic Croak goes straight counter and uh, wins at a shield disadvantage it can beat toxic croak because now it has powder snow 
and weather ball ice. So have you made a uh, shadow Obama snow or an Obama snow for that matter for Great League yet? I have not made a shadow Obama snow. Uh, don't have one that I think is worth investing in uh, yet, but I do have a Great League uh, pretty high stat product Obama snow that I've already put uh, the preferred new preferred move set on of powder snow, weather ball ice, and energy ball. Uh, I haven't tried it out yet. I kind of uh, went into the shadows with my first five sets in season three. Uh, playing around with Shadow Machamp uh, and Shadow Zapdos. How did uh, How did season two finish up for you? Rank nine. Don't tell no, me. I, if you no, hit no, rank no, ten, I I'm going to be so mad. close. But uh, what what MMR? Oh, it was terrible. I don't. It, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I tanked. I finished. I finished at twenty nine sixty, John. Oh, nice. That's so close. I nice. did all my sets before season three launched, and honestly, it's. Uh, I might have gotten it if not for. First of all, I didn't play more than like two battles on uh, what was it Saturday, so I didn't do all my sets Saturday. I didn't even. I think I only did one, and I started with the, that first set, getting like hard, hard countered with uh, Firefang Mawile and like Shadow Firefang Houndoom running Caleb Peng's line. So it's like you can't, you can't even do anything. You have yeah. Skarmory in the lead. Two grasses and you have in the two back. grass types in the back. <laughs> what do you even do when they start? You just quit. You just quit. Shadow Mawile. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you were you were saying um, you're looking into Obama Snow. Honestly, I don't think IVs are going to matter too much for Obama Snow. I have yeah. to look at that myself. I'm I'm seriously considering Obama Snow being a, a deep dive candidate for for next episode because it's looking super super interesting. Yeah, and like meta defining interesting. Absolutely. And I would I would say don't uh you know, IVs don't matter. Uh we're talking mainly about Great League, but this is another candidate uh to look at not only for having a perfect maxed out for right now to use in Ultra League this season, uh, but also when megas are introduced, Obama Snow has a mega evolution. So oh, keep really? that in mind. Yes. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, Powder Snow is a welcome change. Ice, very good offensively. Not so great as a defensive typing. So most of the Pokemon that get stabbed from Powder Snow, they're enjoying that little extra damage, but they have uh, an increased amount of uh, targets against them because Ice is such a weak uh, typing in terms of defense, right? Yep. Uh, the one that I'm personally most interested about is Drill Peck because not that many Pokemon have Drill Peck, but now it's a Surf clone. So it used to be 60 damage, 40 energy to 1.5 DP. So it's okay, but now it's 65 damage, same energy, so it comes up to 1.62. Might not sound like a lot, but Surf is a really good move. And it's not a Sky Attack, but it's still pretty good and uh dodrio learns it murkrow learns it right but most importantly empoleon now learns it empoleon now has teeth against fighters which basically uh raffle stomped it before you know you had polyrath who didn't have to shield against empoleon ever whether ultra league or great league and uh so i think empoleon is really gonna like drill peck you could even 
uh, potentially run Empoleon without, uh, and this is kind of crazy, I, I forget who I heard this from, but uh, running it without Hydro Cannon. So like if you were to run Drill Peck and something like Blizzard, I think you'd surprise so many people because once you show the Drill Peck, they're not going to shield on something like like a Giratina or something in Ultra League, right? Yeah. And then you go with the Blizzard instead. That would be so brutal, right? But uh, yeah, very good coverage move for Empoleon. And uh, of course, Shadow Zapdos, right? Shadow Zapdos, uh, or even normal Zapdos with Thundershock, even more deadly. Now Drill Peck puts a lot more pressure, uh, KOs targets that before might have not KO'd. So I think Shadow Zapdos specifically got even better, but uh, definitely any Zapdos for Great League is going to be super interesting. Uh, are you? Do you plan on using Zapdos for GBL? Yes, uh, I actually used it today in my sets, and it boded very well for me. Uh, I got up to four, which I don't know that you can get higher than that, even if you won all the sets today, but... Um, I used Shadow Zapdos along with Shadow Machamp, and then I played around with different leads. Like I had, I got a really high rank Shadow uh, Gallade that I was playing around with, Shadow Houndoom, Shadow Magneton. So Triple uh, Shadow, huh? Yeah, I ran Triple Shadow for all my sets today. For me, my my sweet spot is two bulky Pokemon and a and a Glass Cannon. I can never make that work where I have three glass cannons, like three shadows tend to be, unless you run something like Hypno or Lapras, which are still somewhat bulky, right? I've always struggled with like a full-blown team of glass cannons. So it's interesting that it that it, that works for you. Yeah, one that uh, was actually surprising that I got actually several wins off of. I started running into a lot of... Galarian Stunfisk, obviously, which Machamp can handle uh, quite easily, um, especially Shields Down, uh, because for whatever reason, you know, towards the end of last season, I was seeing a lot of Galarian Stunfisk leads, but for whatever oh, yeah. reason today, I was seeing a lot of Galarian Stunfisk in the back. So I had Shadow Machamp in the back, um, and usually several times uh, it ended up getting those two paired up with Shields Down and I'm countering away. I get to a cross chop um, a little bit after they get to a rock slide, I think, and Shadow Machamp can tank a rock slide. And so uh, that's been good. Uh, but actually what I had fun with today was, was running into a lot of Tropius leads. And oh. I played around with both Shadow Houndoom, but also Shadow uh, Golbat with Wing Attack. Um, and I found that it had some good coverage against uh, what else I was seeing in the meta. So uh, having Shadow Ball and Poison Fang uh, on Shadow Golbat uh, is really interesting. Uh, Poison Fang on an Azumarill from a Shadow Golbat uh, does about 35%. So uh, it's nothing to scoff at. You know, speaking of things that aren't to scoff at, Brave Bird also is getting a rework. Uh, the Flying type charged move now deals more damage. So they the, at the cost of severely lowering the user's defense. So Brave Bird was one of those moves before where you'd go on PV Poke, and on occasion it would recommend Sky Attack and Brave Bird, and you're like, okay, I gotta remove Brave Bird and go to Flash Cannon because you'd never want to use that, right? It was totally like just outshined by Sky Attack, 
and now it's in a, just a new category of its own. Uh, it's 130 damage from the previous 90, and still 55 energy. So now it goes up to 2.336 DP, which is huge. Uh, the cost, of course, is a three-stage debuff to defense. But think about overheat, right? So if you're running uh, Mew or even like some people would run Charizard with overheat, you typically want to charge up to the overheat and then bail, right? But because it would reduce the attack. But now with Brave Bird, you can charge up to two, almost two Brave Birds, throw, and uh, then switch out. So, I mean, it doesn't reduce the amount of attack that, uh, you know, that uh, the, the Brave Bird damage is doing. Of course, it does debuff you. And, you know, in something like Skarmory, right? Skarmory could be running Sky Attack and Brave Bird, and you could still be running the, you know, you could bait, essentially, with Sky Attack, still do a lot of damage if it lands, and, uh, st- you know, be okay if uh, if it gets shielded, because then you can go for the Brave Bird. So it just increases the closing power on stuff like Skarmory. Uh, of course, we will talk about Flash Cannon a little bit, but uh, Brave Bird, I think it, the biggest winner for, for that one specifically is Skarmory, but don't sleep on Honchkrow. Honchkrow can now basically KO things uh, just because it's so attack-oriented, and something like Brave Bird is going to be a very welcome addition for its moveset. Uh, Blaziken, too. Yeah, it also has Snarl as a fast move. Oh, true. On Honchkrow. So, uh, you know, charging up energy really quickly. Are they throwing a Dark Pulse? Are they throwing a Sky Attack? Are they throwing a Brave Bird? Now, you have to think of all of those things. So, um, and, you know, like you were saying, Blaziken also has Brave Bird. So now Blaziken has Brave Bird. You've got Elite Charge Teams out there. Is it throwing a Stone Edge? Is it throwing a Blaze Kick? Is it throwing a Blast Burn? Uh, I think, you know, adding these things into the fold really just opens up that meta uh, and allows people to have much more viable Pokemon uh, to use and try and spice their lines up a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. I am very excited about how Brave Bird is going to be used. Uh, even people running... Uh, you know, Rufflet if if they want to run that, or Staraptor, or Braviary in the Flying Cup, uh, potentially in Ultra League. The those are all going to be potential candidates, just because they have a much harder hitting move, whereas before they might not have. Blizzard, as if uh, it needed it, it now deals even more damage. So before it was 130 damage for 75 energy. And now it is 140 damage for 75 energy. So at 1.86 DP, this is a totally new category of move. And uh, I'm not going to list out everything that learns Blizzard because there's just a ton of them. But uh, just some things at a glance. Uh, you have uh, Articuno, uh, Alomomola, uh, Obama Snow we mentioned earlier, although I don't expect many to be running uh, Blizzard, just because it takes so long to get there. Uh, you also have Tentacruel, right? Tentacruel normally would run uh, Hydro Pump or Sludge Wave and then an Acid Spray bait. So now I could run a- Acid Spray and maybe Blizzard. Uh, so that's uh, a possibility, of course. And uh, the biggest one of all that I think is going to make waves is Whiskash. So Whiskash before 
without stab uh, blizzard it was questionable which uh whether you should go uh mud bomb or blizzard in certain neutral matchups like umbreon but now blizzard is clearly better in terms of dpe and it's also going to be a better fly uh, anti-flyer right so things like noctowl and skarmory it uh, it might have better winning matchups now i haven't dived uh, too deep into the sims on those ones yet but i remember distinctly that with noctowl uh, Noctowl could very comfortably tank a Blizzard in the uh, one shield matchup and just basically uh, sky attack Whiskash down. And because it was left with enough HP, even Mud like Mud Bomb as a double resisted move uh, wouldn't be enough. So Whiskash really did, did need to expend two Blizzards worth of energy to take out Noctowl, which I don't think is going to be the case anymore. And uh, I think it's going to be the same thing with Skarmory too. Interesting. Uh, one that really stands out to me that got, you know, that also learns Blizzard is Porygon Z. Did you know that Porygon Z knows Blizzard, AJ? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, oh. I do know that Porygon Z learns Blizzard. Uh, I forget if it was you or someone else, but uh, I was on stream doing some auto rec and it was set up so that Porygon was able to take out one of my Pokemon or force me a shield, and because it has lock on, uh, I got hyper beamed, uh, decimated, right? Because that stab hyper beam is just so lethal, and then it outpaced me to a blizzard with something double weak or weak to to ice there in the back. So yes, I'm I'm painfully aware of that. Yeah, you had a I think you had a Swampert that got beamed uh, by my Porygon Z. And then you brought in a Gyarados, at oh, which right. point yeah. I uh, I blizzarded it, your Gyarados into Oblivion and won the match. But uh, it's good in to ultra know league. in, in ultra, ultra League, yeah, yes. Right. And it's good to know that now that Blizzard is even better, uh, so I can Blizzard you some more. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely excited about uh, Wizcash uh, having a little bit more punching power. With that Blizzard, Whiskash was already a powerhouse, uh, really in uh, Great Lake, Great Lag, uh, uh, as Daddy Cash. But now, uh, with an even stronger Blizzard, it's just that much better. Now, yeah. Flash Cannon, on the other hand, has gotten a tad bit worse. So tell us how that's affecting uh, some of the core Pokemon, mainly Registeel. Yeah, so now we get into nerf territory, right? Flash Cannon uh, was just too good on Registeel specifically, so they did opt to uh, increase the amount of energy. So before it was 110 damage, still is, and before it was 65 energy, now it's 70. So uh, 70 energy, uh, if you compare that to Focus Blast, Focus Blast is 75, and it still is. So uh, that is a pretty big difference when, you know, five lock-ons to get to the, the new the new flash cannon, right? Uh, if you compare it to anything before, I think it was... I forget what flash cannon was like uh, before in, in terms of uh, comparing it to other moves, but now it's a Dazzling Gleam clone, right? Um, you're aware of Registeel, of course. Um, there's some other Pokemon that have uh, flash cannon. Mostly they don't use it, though. Uh, Galarian Stunfix never uses Flash Cannon. Uh, Bastion never uses Flash Cannon. 
Some things that do, though, are uh, Ferrothorn, right? Ferrothorn did have flash cannon very often for coverage, so, that, so this does hurt Ferrothorn. But, uh, you know, five energy, not a huge deal just because Bullet Seed charges up so quickly. So I do think that Ferrothorn is still going to be running flash cannon for coverage, uh, although Thunder might be a little bit more tempting now. And uh, Skarmory. Skarmory was the other one. It used to run Sky Attack and Flash Cannon. And, you know, 90% of the time, you're just going straight Flash Cannon, or straight uh, Sky Attack, rather. But it did help to have Flash Cannon sometimes, you know, shields down against Bastion, throwing a double resistant move versus a neutral move uh, has swung me some matches. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how people adapt in terms of Skarmory usage, because it's going to be more tempting to run double flying charge moves as opposed to the flash cannon uh, coverage. So I think it's mostly a Registeel nerf. I think Ferrothorn might consider Thunder now, and I think Skarmory might consider Brave Bird, but uh, don't rule out flash cannon completely on those two. So speaking of Registeel getting a nerf, uh, if flash cannon wasn't enough, its other main charge move, Focus Blast, also now gets a nerf. Yeah. Now it uh, went from 150 damage to 140. So it's in that new category like Blizzard. And so it's still a pretty good move. Uh, Some Pokemon that had it, uh, of course, you know, uh, Ampharos, if you watched uh, Taco Streams or uh, Butters, uh, they use Ampharos a fair amount in Great League and I think Ultra League as well. Uh, some other Pokemon that know uh, Focus Blast that I was excited about are Gengar, uh, Mewtwo also, of course, and uh, Mew sometimes would run it in Master League. Of course, the, the most traditional u- user of, Regis- of uh, Focus Blast rather is Registeel. Uh, Registeel uh, was just too good with Focus Blast, so now uh, a little bit of a nerf. Not uh, severe, it's still going to be good, but uh, now... Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more balanced, specifically in Ultra League. One matchup that uh, you might not have expected um, Registeel to want to use Focus Blast on in Ultra League is Meganium. So in Ultra League, some people would use Meganium as a counter to Registeel because Registeel would be using straight Flash Cannon. But if Registeel lands a Focus Blast against Meganium, then it actually wins that matchup. So now I think with the reduced damage, it might be a different story. So uh, Meganium might actually be a more reliable counter in Ultra League to Registeel. Uh, I, you know, I think it'll also be a little bit better in uh, in Great League just because Flash Cannon got nerfed too. So we'll, we'll have to just wait and see how that how those play out. But I think we'll, we're, we already saw a marked decline in Registeel usage in the uh, last iteration of uh, the Great League, you know, when all leagues were present in GBL. Uh, so because, you know, Stunfisk is pretty good and the coverage moves are also uh, quite good. It's a little bit more bait uh, oriented and then Rock Slide for coverage. So I think this is just going to even reduce the amount of Registeels further. And, um, you know, also in Ultra League, it's still going to be a, a huge presence, but it, it's it's a little bit more more checked, you know. Uh, did, correct me if I'm wrong, John. You you don't have a Registeel for Ultra League, right? 
I do not have one for Ultra League. I, I'm holding out on a perfect. I have a 98, uh, but I did not decide to power it up. And so definitely not doing that now. Um, and want to see yeah. how the Ultra League meta unfolds. Uh, one you question might not that even th- want to get a Registeel at all. Right. Uh, one question that I think uh, some of the newer players or uh, players that maybe have already invested in a Registeel uh, maybe still want to use it. Um, I think let's let's say for Great League, is it still very viable? And also, is there any consideration for its other moves like Hyperbeam? Well, Flash Cannon and Focus Blast. The reason they're used so much is because of a the uh, Flash Cannon stab and just neutral uh, targets. And then B, focus blast for coverage. So a lot of the things that happen to resist um, flash cannon would take neutral or super effective from focus blast. So that that pairing was really good. Um, Registeel uh, kind of needs focus blast to do what it does best, which is counter other steel types. Um, Stunfisk, for example, Galarian Stunfisk, that is. Uh, I think straight earthquake actually beats Registeel, and now it's even more of a comfortable win. So that is something to uh, you know look forward to. But you know, like if you run Hyper Beam, you just basically have no coverage against other Steel types. What do you give up, right? You give up Flash Cannon, uh, or do you give up Focus Blast? And both of them are quite good in their roles, and you kind of do want that neutral coverage move in Flash Cannon. Right, hyperbeam does take a quite a quite a while to charge up too. But listen, I mean, Registeel, uh, mono steel typing is excellent defensively. Uh, it's very bulky. The moves are still good; they're just a little less good. So if you're running Registeel or you just invested in one, for sure you can build in in Great League or Ultra League, and uh, and be fine. It's just a matter of what matchups did you lose, and does your team already pick those up? How are you going to adapt your strategy, uh, you know, so as to uh, you know, count, account for the the matchups that you've now lost? Yep. So another ultra league staple that we saw this last season uh, was Cresselia, um, and the next move that really got the nerf treatment was Moonblast. Now, and this was not necessarily a nerf to the move stats, uh, but really a nerf to how just matchup flipping and matchup determining that debuff chance was. It was at 30%, and now it's at 10%. So how do you think that's going to affect the Ultra League meta or even really the Great League meta for those people that are are trying to use it in Great League? Uh, maybe they added a second move to their Grass Knot Cresselia. Should they still be running Moonblast? Should they be running Future Sight? How is this affecting it? Uh, I think it doesn't change much, to be honest. Moonblast is still very good coverage for Cresselia against Dark types. It's one of the few Pokemon that is bulky enough to spam Moonblast. It just the de- the you know the reduced chance of the debuff makes it more balanced, makes it a little bit less you know about fishing for that 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 debuff, right? As of you know, in general, when people are using a really good move, and on top of that, 
get an attack debuff. That's not the kind of mechanic that makes for enjoyable playstyles. So I think this is a welcome change. I think Cresselia is still going to be a force to be reckoned with in both Great League and Ultra League. And I think Moonblast is still going to be the staple move for Cresselia along with either Future Sight or Grass Knot. Uh, I just think that the reduced chances is not necessarily hurting it. It's just making it a little bit less annoying to deal with, right? I mean, because, like, come on. If you're you're coming in Registeel against Cresselia and they get whatever it is, like three or four Moon Blasts against you, and they debuff you two or three times, like, you know, Registeel is a hard counter. You, you shouldn't be getting that many debuffs against it. Like, maybe one. That's fine. But uh, that many debuffs just makes the, the matches go longer, and it's just very frustrating. Yeah, I got uh, pretty frustrated uh, several times uh, this past season, you know, getting into even a mirror match with Cresselia against Cresselia, and, you know, you're you're throwing moon blasts at each other uh, as fast as possible, and you're getting debuffed, and your opponent's not getting debuffed. And it's just like, what is going on? that they're getting all these debuffs and that 30% chance was just, just a little too high for that good of a move. You know, there's other moves that have 30% chance like mirror shot, but I think they're more proportionate to the product of that move. I'm glad they didn't nerf the stats of Moonblast because I do think that it was important coverage for Cresselia to gain. But uh, yeah, the frustrating aspect was the percentage chance of, of the debuff. So. Um, I'm for the most part I'm I'm pretty happy with that. So you know, there's not that many other users of Moonblast. Certainly not users that can spam it. You know, like you have Clefable, um, Gloom, Lunatone, uh, Whimsicott. If it uh, comes as as its uh, data mine currently, it'll it'll also have Moonblast. But uh, I don't know. I, we'll we'll have to wait and see if if uh, it affects those Pokemon. But for the most part, Clefable isn't really running. Moonblast anyway, so. Uh, in terms of Pokemon, the, some Pokemon got uh, new moves. Uh, Braviary, okay, has close combat. So it's, uh, it's a Pokemon that has close combat. Uh, also has, uh, what's it, uh, Brave Bird. So that's awesome. Uh, very high attack stat in Ultra League. It's going to be one of those epic glass cannons with really, really high closing power. So I'm excited for that. Uh, in Ultra League, though, it went from 190 in PV Poke rankings to 180. And uh, it's currently not available in Great League. But uh, somehow it went down in, uh, in, in rankings. It went from 344 to 360 in Great League. I don't know how that happens, getting a, a new coverage move. It shouldn't go down, but maybe it went down because of you know the other things that, that got shifted around. Do you see yourself using a Braviary in uh, in a Flying Cup or in Ultra League, John? I don't know. I uh, I haven't really looked into my rufflets and and what a good stat product would look like uh, to even power one up. I you know I just evolved one to to keep that dex nice and clean and lined up. You know, got to keep those numbers in line. But uh, other than that, I honestly uh, Braviary. Uh, I like that it has. Uh, this now, but I, I don't see it being a real core breaker in Ultra League right now. I expect to see Taco 
landing close combats on Registeel in in Ultra League <laughs> for sure. Of course, we talked about Obama Snow. Obama Snow now gets Ice Type Weather Ball. Super interesting. Before it um, it had Powder Snow, it had Razor Leaf, right? Uh, it had Energy Ball, which got a rework, and Blizzard. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on what other moves it had. Did it have Solar Beam? I'm forgetting. But no, now it had Outrage. Outrage. That's right. Thank you. So Outrage. Um, all of those moves, it kind of needed a bait dependent move and now it got it. Now it got a low energy stab type move with good offensive coverage. So that is weather ball, uh, before in great league, it was, uh, on PV poke before it was 99 and now it's new rank is 14, right? Those are the shadow variants. The shadow variant of Obama snow is 14 in great league. Uh, the normal variant, not far behind, went from 155 to 15. So talk about meta-defining, right? I mean, those are the types of Pokemon that you're going to see quite commonly. So I'm excited for Obama Snow. I expect to see a lot of them, and I hope that people will prepare for it because there's some things that you might think of as traditional counters to Obama Snow, but with the increased damage output of Powder Snow, uh, even Toxicroak isn't safe. Uh, you know, you sim out the matchup Toxicroak versus Obama Snow, and if Toxicroak uh, wastes time throwing a Mud Bomb, it can actually lose that matchup. So, yeah, I mean that that's just one matchup that you wouldn't expect. Uh, you would expect Toxicroak to just win handily just from typing alone, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it's just going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm super excited about Obama Snow specifically. I feel like this is leading up to a change in the amount of fire types that we're going to see. You think so? I, I feel like we see these meta shifts happen to where people, you know, they look at the new core meta uh, and then you have people like the Caleb Pang uh, who is going to come out. They're going to really, really analyze this deeply uh, and they're going to find that new meta line uh, that's just going to define the season. Um, yeah, and yeah. I would not be surprised if you see a rise in stock of uh, Alolan Marowak with still Fire Spin, even though it has Hex now. Well, the thing is, right, Alolan Marowak, people think of it as like a really hard counter to Registeel. So they might actually be dissuaded from using Alolan Marowak since there is less Registeel. But I think you're right. I mean, it is a very hard counter to Obama Snow. So it could be one of those, like, a little bit of a dip and then a, another rise in something like AWAC, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you're, you know, Galarian Stunfisk can still beat um, Alolan Marowak, but Alolan Marowak still has play, uh, maybe as a safe swap, uh, those type of situations. You've you've also got the people who love their, their Shadow Maw Isles with Firefang, uh, so keep a lookout for those. And so I don't know. I would just, uh, like I said earlier, anything that has a double weakness, uh, no matter how good it is, uh, there's going to be people that find a way to get it, um, you know, caught in a corner. So uh, just be careful of fire uh, when using Obama snow. But you know what beats Obama snow and fire types handily? Pelipper. No, no, no. No, no, no. Bastidon. Bastidon 
absolutely demolishes them. So uh, that is one, that is one Pokemon. It also beats the next Pokemon we're going to talk about. So I mean, I don't know. I'd watch out for for Bastion too. This meta is just I love I love these reworks because it just totally shifts things around, and uh, the traditional teams might not might not work. So Pelipper also got Weather Ball, but Water type Weather Ball. So Stab type move. Before it's Great League ranking, wait for it, 434. All right. Now it went up to 19. So that's a huge increase uh, or decrease. Uh, basically, it is same typing as Mantine. It is a decent uh, stat product and it has some interesting uh, coverage moves. So uh, Pelipper is going to be super interesting, I think. Uh, we will definitely see it play, but again, it does have that double weakness to electric. Honestly, I don't think electric is that much on the rise, but uh, certainly has uh, electric types to worry about. But uh, with Weather Ball, at least it's hitting most of the electrics for neutral. And many of the electrics are quite glassy, so they're not always super reliable counters to water. So if you let Pelipper in with too much energy, you might get to a couple Weather Balls and that, that could be enough. In terms of uh, our last, but certainly not least, Empoleon with Drill Peck. So before uh, hovering around 103 in Great League, now it's up to 90. From 63 in Ultra League, now to 56. So it's not a huge shift. But I think the rankings here are not representative of how much Drill Peck actually matters. So you could actually not even run Drill Peck on your Empoleon. You could run Hydro Cannon and uh, something like Blizzard uh, or, or Flash Cannon, right? But the the presence of Drill Peck is going to make opponents use shields that they otherwise wouldn't. So I'm super excited about that, right? Grass types have something to worry about uh, against uh, Empoleon. Uh, fighting types like Polyrath have something to worry about. So it's going to make them think before, you know, not, not shielding that. And a lot of the counters for Empoleon are quite glassy. So, you know, it, it's going to be one of those things that uh, uh, it's going to be an added flavor to the meta, which I think is going to be quite welcome. Uh, a surf clone uh, with, you know, flying typing is uh, very, very good for Empoleon. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see it at play, especially in Ultra League, but Certainly in Great League too. You 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 used uh, Empoleon right for Ultra League, if, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I used Empoleon there for a good while, um, and I did like it. Uh, I ran Hydro Cannon and Blizzard, so with Drill Peck, this would have helped me immensely getting caught up against a Polyrath or uh, running into an opposing Shift Tree or a Meganium or things like that. So. Um, I think this will help it out a lot. And like you said, it's not even having the presence, but people thinking that it's possibly there. So maybe your team doesn't need that coverage, but just the mind game of that Empoleon might have drill peck uh, and it might be able to do some serious damage to my Pokemon here. I probably need to shield this or maybe I need to swap out. Um, and maybe I think I'm about to catch a drill peck on uh, a Registeel, but it's actually a Hydro Cannon uh, that comes through for neutral damage. So um, I think it's very, 
you know, good to see that added to Empoleon. So what do you think is the biggest winner from this move rework and what is the biggest loser? For sure, Obama Snow. Obama Snow is the biggest winner for all of this. And it's a long time coming. I mean, Energy Ball got a rework, right? Razor Leaf got a rework way, way back. Uh, now Powder Snow is getting a rework. Uh, Blizzard, uh, basically all of its moves have gotten better uh, within PvP. And so now it finally is over the edge in Obama Snow. Someone in Niantic probably absolutely adores Obama Snow. And they're like, every season I think they're like, how can we make this guy better? And look how cool he is. He's, he's so angry and uh, he's got all these uh, interesting... Uh, coverage moves. Let, let's make them. Let's make them awesome. So, I'm excited for Obama Snow specifically. I think uh, maybe a, a close second uh, would be. I don't know. I'm 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 leaning towards Zapdos, but I think the new investment has sort of colored my opinion there. So, I take that with a little <laughs> bit of a grain of salt. The biggest loser, of course, is Registeel. Yeah, definitely Registeel. Yep. Uh, but Registeel is still going to see play. It's still good. It's just not as good. And because things, um, you know, very small changes can have ripple effects in, in the meta, uh, Registeel specifically might have had close wins that it's now giving up. And because both of the moves that it runs typically received straight nerfs, uh, yeah, Registeel definitely had the losing end of this update. But it was a welcome change. Because it was so central to the Great League and Ultra League metas. Yeah. And some people don't have it, right? It's it's tough to invest in one. I think in general it was it was a healthy change for sure. Yeah, and I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, it's come down to the wire and you're trying to get to your charge move and you're almost there or you've almost KO'd the Registeel and it's, you know, one HP in a dream they get that flash cannon off because it was just so spammy or, you know, they got to the move just slightly quicker that they, they're not going to anymore. So uh, I think there's going to be some of those nuances of battles that, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, different situations that could occur such as, you know, charge move priority or something like that, that could really swing the matchup. So, and you know, speaking of of charge move priority, or or what we like to call CMP, there's some people out there that might not know what CMP means. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to sit down and let the teacher tell us what does the letter C stand for, AJ? I think it's time we have a little bit of AJ's alphabet. Jump up, get down, come dance with AJ. We're moving our body to the ABCs. Dance nearby, wow, dance far away. Now clap your hands to the letter of the day. Clap, clap. What's the letter? Clap, clap. What's the letter? Clap, 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 clap. What's the letter? What's the letter? What's the letter? What's the letter? C. You know, John, I think this constitutes as hazing. <laughs> yeah. 
No, the letter's not H. It's C A J. Maybe uh, tell maybe us I'll what C stands with, for. With my definition of hazing, and I'll just list out. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, uh, but in the in the previous episode's show notes, I mentioned how uh, we were able to skirt AJ's alphabet last. last I did. Episode. I did. I did. So I'm glad to see it back. Yeah. In this episode. So as you mentioned, C is for charge move priority or CMP as it's commonly known. Uh, I think most of you have probably experienced that moment where as you were describing, uh, both of you, uh, you, both you and your opponent, uh, you tap on the charge move at the same time. So in other words, it's a charge move tie. And since the charge moves don't occur simultaneously in Pokemon Go, uh, which Pokemon gets to go first? That is called Charge Move Priority, or CMP. So a little background on this. In previous versions of the game, CMP was given to the player who selected Ready last. So basically, if you and I were playing, and I sent you the battle, and you're picking out your team or whatever, and and, and you pick uh, your team last, and you hit Ready last, you would win the Charge Move ties in-game, right? Uh, later on, it was uh, reworked and it was changed to random. So I don't know uh, all kinds of theories on how it worked, but I'm pretty sure nobody ever fully narrowed it down. And uh, un- now, most recently, it is given to the Pokemon with the highest attack, or at least that's how it's intended to work, right? A Meganium will always beat an Azumarill in the charge in the CMP, but it'll lose to Venusaur, right, because of the attack, the base. Uh, attack on those Pokemon. There have been actually some interesting rules dictating which player is granted CMP in the past. Obviously, those don't exist anymore. And, uh, you know, sometimes I lurk in the tournament manager's corner for Ghost Stadium and they receive reports all the time about players uh, complaining that CMP didn't work as intended. And uh, what I learned is that it is not grounds for a rematch. So uh, very often uh, people will, they'll get a dispute because the CMP, uh, their Venusaur, for example, didn't get the charge move before a Meganium. And uh, so they say, they claim, well, that didn't work the, the way the, the game was intended to work. But there's reasons why uh, that uh, doesn't always work exactly like that. So that is not grounds for a rematch, at least within Ghost Stadium. Uh, so there is some confusion, uh, you know, segueing into that about how CMP works. And it's not every time that you're tapping on a charge move and the opponent comes in first. Uh, it's not every necessarily the case that that is a CMP tie. So in Pokemon Go, fast moves can be of different durations. And due to the state of the game, sometimes these moves can be totally desynced, right? You'd expect Skarmory versus Skarmory those air slashes would be coming in at the same time. But sometimes uh, charge moves will interrupt the fast move animations. And now those air slashes, the fast moves will be happening out of sync from each other. So that will cause the CMP to be totally irrelevant in those cases. So uh, even though on on your screen you're tapping on that move, they got to it before because their fast move finished earlier. So that's another thing that could quote-unquote, break CMP because it's not truly CMP. And that's one of the reasons why we don't offer a rematch for uh, that specific uh, case. Uh, CMP, all in all, I think for a lot of players can be a very frustrating mechanic. 
but at least the intended mechanic is to favor less bulk-oriented Pokemon. So like Haunter, very notorious for how glassy it is, it beats things to the charge move. So it adds some versatility to the IVs you want for a given Pokemon. It's actually due to CMP that more common that the more common a Pokemon is in a given meta, like Swampert and Ultra League, the less likely you are to want rank one because you'll lose CMP. And that Swampert is the most illustrative example in Ultra League. If you have a rank one Swampert, you're basically going to lose the tide of the Hydro Cannon every single time against almost every other Pokemon, unless it's also a rank one Swampert, in which case it'll just be roll of the dice. Yeah, I know originally, you know, we had, even in Stadium, we had a command where you could do a coin flip to determine CMP uh, when we would do tournaments. So uh, I think that was really a, a great addition to the game. I know people are still obviously frustrated with fast move desync uh, and different issues in the game that caused this mechanic uh, to not work uh, as it is intended. Uh, but I do think, you know, it's definitely better than, well, whoever, you know, tapped the I'm ready button last uh, now gets CMP uh, because it, it, it again, it, it adds a level of uh, depth to the gameplay of understanding uh, more and more about the Pokemon that you are using to go into battle. So knowing that I'm going to win CMP, you know, for a, a Haunter versus you know most any other pokemon because of its sheer high attack or you know knowing that in a situation of hey i'm gonna charge up to a sludge bomb because i'm counting the meganium and i know that they're about to get to a frenzy plant but i'm gonna tap frenzy plant first or at the same time that they get to it and i'm gonna win cmp no matter what and get that extra fast move and get that extra energy for the next match or the next race to that next sludge bomb. Because then when they get off their frenzy plant, now I'm one ahead and I can actually get to that sludge bomb the next time and still win the CMP to take out the Meganium. So uh, it's things like that, that add that level of, you know, extra thinking that has to go into your matchups uh, and how that can get there. So thank you, AJ. For teaching us another letter this week. You're welcome, We really John. appreciate you. My pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, that's about it, right? There was no other news in uh, in Pokemon Go this Whoa. week. You know, You're going to just skip the station? What? For real? What? You're what? Gonna, you're gonna what do, do we have like to that? talk about? What well, do we have to talk about in the station? Have you not heard that uh, trainer level 40 will not be the cap very soon? Oh, they're finally doing it? Yeah. They're going to raise the level cap? They're going to raise it to 50. Yeah. Well, shoot. Let's get into the station. Let's do it. Speculation station. All right. So, according to Niantic, everyone that has reached level 40 will have to continue the grind for not only XP, but many other interesting aspects of the game. 
in order to reach what will be the new level cap of level 50 coming later this year, according to Niantic. So what are your first initial thoughts on this? I mean, what what's going to happen? My first initial thoughts? Yeah, uh, your first are... initial ones. <laughs> I, You know, there's a lot of buzz about this on Twitter. I think my, my, my opinion, at least, is that it will not increase Pokemon level. That's what I'm speculating here in the station right now, is that it will not increase Pokemon level. But uh, I'm also secretly hoping that, because I think that throws a wrecking ball into a lot of the Great League and Ultra League metas. Uh, I think the cost of powering something all the way up to four, 38, I guess, in theory, but but 40, really is um, already really intense. So powering stuff all the way up to 50 for leagues like Master League is going to be such a grind. So I'm also secretly hoping that uh, the Pokemon level don't increase. And I'm hoping that level 40 to 50 is a meaningful experience because, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily tie into Pokemon level. I think it'll be really interesting if they maybe tie it into Mega Evolution somehow. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the articles where they talk about uh, increasing the level, they also mention Mega Evolutions as a feature. You, you and I watched this video before we started recording on uh, an update from Niantic, one of the developers there. And uh, one of the questions was talking about trainer level 40. And very shortly after they were talking about mega evolution. So I don't know, maybe it's just a pattern that I'm noticing, but uh, I'm, you know, fingers crossed that maybe somehow, you know, going to level 50 will affect you getting more or less megas. I have a little bit of a differing opinion. Okay. Uh, I feel like this is the setup for esports level Pokemon Go trainer battles. And I know there's a lot of issues with the game right now, but I also think that in order for them to incorporate this into the Pokemon company's competitive structure, play Pokemon, it needs to have some familiarity and needs to have some sort of changes to, again, open that economy and break down that barrier to entry uh, for people that want to compete. So I've said this before. If I were to go in my living room right now and pick up my Nintendo Switch and I wanted to sign up for the Players' Cup in VGC, I have not completed my Pokedex in Sword and Shield. I have not trained up a competitive team, but I could go online and I could say, okay, who's, you know, what's the, what's the meta team right now to run in VGC? And I could find those Pokemon and I could submit to put them on a team, teach them the moves that I want. Uh, if I wanted to teach them their own moves. And when I go into battle, they're automatically scaled to level 50. If I don't even want to get my own Pokemon, maybe a, you know, a famous trainer, maybe Aaron Cybertron Jang has just won a tournament with this really cool team that features Togekiss and Tyranitar and, you know, Incineroar or something like that. 
and he posts his rental code. He he uploads his team to play Pokemon and says, "Hey, here's my team. Here's the rental code to on from online services." And I go in and I say, "Okay, I want to compete in this tournament." I put in that rental code. I'm given access to that team without having to do anything, and I'm able to compete. Um, now, will that come to Pokemon Go? I don't know. Uh, I, I think eventually it, we might see rental teams uh, in Pokemon Go uh, for competitive tournaments. Now, obviously, if you just get pick up your Switch and you want to go online and battle, you can't really just you know. You know, I don't think this will be incorporated directly into Go Battle League, but it might be. But I think that the level 50 and it being scaled has been sort of a a staple in the competitive Pokemon landscape for so long. I think this is not a coincidence at all. I think this is purposeful, and I think it's coming not only from Niantic, but from the Pokemon Company International. And I think this is a way for them to incorporate this more into that play Pokemon structure and to start having a Pokemon Go division of play Pokemon where you can get league points, you can get uh, be able to compete, climb leaderboards, participate in tournaments, and things like that. But so, how does level 50 tie into that? Like, you know, like I get what you're saying, it's a staple, but couldn't they just do that with how it is right now? Right. So that's what I'm saying is, will they scale it by the level or will they scale it by the CP? How are they going to modify what we know now as great league, ultra league and master league? Is it going to be a fully open league in play Pokemon? Is it going to continue to have different leagues based on CP values? How is that going to work? I don't know, uh, but I do feel like that scaling is going to happen so that if, you know, somebody who says, hey, I want to compete and I have this Metacham, but this Metacham's not perfect um, and it's not going to be, you know, 1431 CP, mm. you know, maxed out or it's not going to be 1449 because the other trainer has grinded and turned it into a best buddy but I'd still like to compete and I'd still like to use the Metacham and maybe, you know, maybe I have, you know, just enough uh, a skill to, to be able to pull off a win. Maybe it's not the matter of how long I've played the game, but how much skill I have in order to participate in this match and, and learn this gameplay. But so then what's so, the incentive to grind, you know, like to get all the resources and, you know, to continue opening eggs and walking them and, you know, so that you get those really good IVs and you trade. I, I feel like all of the rest of the game in is is geared towards you know using different parts of the game so that you get the best IVs for your for your specific team. No. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And so, and you look at the competitive VGC as a, as a pretty good comparison. So you know, most competitors, most top competitors always build out their own team they grind the game you know they get bottle caps they get uh, different items different moves they get you know they breed and they get special abilities or they get hidden abilities you know all of those complexities that come in vgc they still have to grind in order to make that team 
but there is also the feature built into VGC so that if a new player comes in and says, I just want to use a rental team and I want to try and compete, they can do that. There was a, a, I don't remember exactly who it was, but I remember watching the stream and I remember it was recently, probably this year, or last year, when someone won a tournament and the interviewer goes to ask him, you know, how did you, how did you go about building your team? And they're like, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I saw somebody using this rental team and it looked good. So I picked that rental code and I used it and he won the tournament. So I, I feel like this is a way for them to set that up. I, I don't think, you know, Pokemon level may have anything to do with it. I'm not sure. Uh, I think this is going to be obviously more things for people to do. You know, those trainer, you know, the level 40 trainers that we are now, you know, I'm level 40, you're level 40. I'm at like 78 million XP. I'm sure you're just a little bit ahead of me or something like that. 78. Um, Let me check now that you're saying it. Cause I don't, I don't yucky egg. <laughs> so it'll oh, be, you don't yucky egg. I never, yuck, I bet you're still I trash my yucky eggs immediately people ask me well why don't you just like throw them on instead because i don't want the stench of yucky eggness i'm at 90 i'm at 95 mil yeah damn John. so you gotta yeah, no. you gotta hustle a little bit more i need to buy more lucky eggs from the shop yucky yucky eggs and no you don't oh need yucky to buy eggs more. it's not a good <laughs> but a good i mean investment. so People, even people like Brandon Tan or uh, other people that have hit the billion mark, they're still going to have to grind to get to level 50. It seems like it's going to be uh, a combination of XP and special tasks or research or, you know, different things uh, that could happen. Uh, I imagine it may incorporate the Go Battle League. You have to win a certain number of matches or you have to reach a certain rank. Uh, I don't know how well that will go over, uh, but we'll see. What do you, what do you think is a reasonable way to incorporate this without just making it XP based? I think they're looking for well-rounded players that interact with different facets of the game. When PVP launched, I basically abandoned raiding I abandoned uh, powering up random things uh, outside of Great League. And so my inventory for Great League got really large as I did more and more Sylph stuff over the course of Season 1. And, uh, you know, when GBL launched, uh, I started to look at Ultra League. I started to look at Master League. And now I've invested in quite a huge chunk of the metas for both of those. And on occasion... Uh, some of those Master League Pokemon double up as decent for rating. Like uh, Dialga can be a decent uh, investment in terms of rating. Um, you know, Garchomp can be decent. Uh, you know, Dragonite certainly, Metagross, right? So I think that's what they shoot for is well-rounded players. And so some people that have focused exclusively on XP, well, they're still going to have an advantage, right? Because they can still grind uh, XP very quickly, but I really do like the aspect of, you know, the focus not necessarily being on XP. You're going to probably need XP to continue to level up, 
but I think it's, you know, it not being the only requirement, factoring a little bit of GBL, factoring a little bit of, you know, trades or, you know, using uh, the, the research tasks or beating rocket grunts, all of those things are aspects of the game. And I think Niantic wants you to interact with, with all of the aspects of the game, even, even stickers, which I'm actually disappointed to report that now you can sometimes get bundles of gifts with zero gifts because they were allotted for stickers, but since your inventory is full of stickers, you just get zero. So it's of no advantage to me right now to have fully, like just a fully stacked, uh, you know, 25 stickers of each category. But out of principle, I don't send stickers. So John, you're not getting stickers from me. They're listening to you, AJ, and they're forcing (laughs) you to send the stickers. I refuse. Uh, you you will send them. No. You will put stickers on your gifts. No. All right. So we want to hear what you guys have to say about uh, TL40 and moving that level cap up to level 50. Uh, how do you think that's going to go? What do you think is going to happen? How is it going to affect trainer battles? How is it going to affect Pokemon levels and resources? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, as we inch closer and closer to truly uh, competitive Pokemon Go uh, in the play Pokemon infrastructure. So anything else before we wrap up this episode? I'm happy that shiny rates were nuked for GoFest. I know I'm like yeah, uh, one of <laughs> very few that, that feel that way. but I, I thought we were going to talk about it at some point today, but our intro went so long that like ah, forget it uh, we'll, we'll insert it somewhere but you wanted me well, to mention just, it so i did yeah we had to show our respect for cody and his uh his cardboard router um, true but uh yeah i i actually agree i think it was you know we talked about this a little offline and we can talk about it here we've kind of gotten spoiled with community day and the rates of shinies i mean you hear all the time now i mean if I go play downtown, I, it's easy for me to get 40 shinies, especially in these six-hour community days that we have now uh, because they're widening that that range. You know, in the future, does it go back to three hours? If so, you know, is it is it roughly, you know, the same? Am I still excited uh, about that? But one thing I can say about GoFest uh, was I was really excited with each and every shiny. Um yeah. With the exception of the three shiny oddish that I got back to back to back. Nice. Um, you I needed excited. that, right? You needed. Yeah. <laughs> and I already each. had one. So uh, now I have the, f- I could have the full living set if I wanted to, uh, but I'm still not going to transfer them. Still you transfer, not transfer them. You transfer no. those, those weeds, you dirty broke, uh, uh, order. You can't be keeping <laughs> all those shinies for no reason. I broke 800 shinies that I have now in my storage. Well, I literally most broke important. shinies as I transferred them, grinded <laughs> them into very much more useful candy that doesn't weigh on my storage. You know what else? I got two more shiny Zangooses, or as they're named in my storage, shiny AJ is a butt. Nice. So uh, the, how's that, that collection uh, how's is that also How's that Pikachu growing. Libre count coming, John? Still at a at a solid uh, zero. Nice. So we'll we'll see if we can change that this season. I don't know. 
but uh, you know, repping rank nine strong in season one and two. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. And uh, but no, I I think it was successful. I really liked that it wasn't. Obviously, I was disappointed that I didn't get a few of the shinies that I wanted, like shiny Gibble. Uh, didn't even get shiny unknown or shiny Tangela. Uh, but really, all that mattered with shiny Tangela was that our local uh, little real life Tangela, Dave the hero, uh, got his shiny Tangela. So yeah. and that I was did really too. All that mattered, and I did too, and you yeah. didn't. Which is also that's very, fine. That's fine. Very you important. You still don't have a shiny Zangoose. Okay. And that's all that matters in the world is that I have five of them and you have zero. But your which is your Nada. best one for Ultra League? You have a Hondo? actually uh one of no one of them is a ninety three though. Got gotcha you beat. It is a f- I got gotcha you beat. I got the ninety eight best bud. So there you go. Oh god, you got the shiny though. Not shiny. But you know what? Oh, okay. Chinese don't do more damage. I don't care what Jim Bang says. How dare you, sir? <laughs> do you hear this? I think I think do we should wrap this? up on that note and just <laughs> let me get the the hate mail. I'm okay with it. Haters feel send me. all your mail. Send all your hate mail to AJ is a butt at one two three four Alphabet Lane in Spring Lakes, Texas. I really don't know if that's where you live. I didn't want to say the that's other it. the other city. That's Spring Lake, yeah, send it there. 100% Spring Lakes, Texas. But uh anyways, uh next week on the podcast, we are going to be doing a deep dive into some of these really new uh meta breakers. We're going to take a look at the Silverina World Championships and we will have an interview with the Go Team Up back-to-back champions, the EU Emperors. Can they three-peat? Can they do it again? Can they make it past the pool play and take on the rest of the teams out there? We'll find out next week. We'll see you guys later. See you guys. Peace.